Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Welcome, fellow MTBers, to MTB Tribe Podcast, episode number 12. Today, we are doing another Why I Ride episode, and we are chatting with a lady from Dublin, originally from Dublin, now lives in Whistler. Um, so it, it's brilliant to have Lisa Marie on the show. And Lisa Marie's been mountain biking for a number of years. So we get into everything kind of Whistler related because it is such a big scene out there. We talk about what it's like for ladies to be riding in Whistler. And, and Lisa Marie has really some good tips uh, and hints and stuff like that for getting into mountain biking. Not only in Whistler, but wherever you're you're at yourself. And we talk about Lady Pacific gear that's available. We talk about how to recover from a bad injury. Lisa Marie had a bit of a bad fall. She talks a wee bit about that. Uh, and how she get interested in mountain biking, what her schedule is over the summer for mountain biking, etc. So it was a real pleasure to talk to Lisa Marie. She's got some real good info. And um, I want to thank her because we had to do the interview twice. My fault, of course, normally is. Uh, so thank you very much, Lisa Marie. I really appreciate it. And I really enjoyed chatting to you. So folks, put your feet up. It's the winter. Get a cup of tea. Chill out. Relax. Enjoy. And this episode, if nothing else, will certainly make you want to put Whistler on your bucket list if it isn't there already. So please enjoy the show. And welcome, Lisa Marie. Good morning, Lisa Marie. How are you this morning? Bright and breezy in Whistler, is it? Or is it a lovely morning there for you? It is a nice, clear morning at the moment. I can see the peaks of the glacier in the distance, and it looks like we've got some good weather today. Ah, wow. Do you overlook the peaks? Yeah, I've got a lovely view of a, a glacier in the background and kind of the the hills across the way. So it's it's a pretty nice view to wake up to. Wow, you're you're uh, you're quite lucky there, but I think you sound like you you realise that. <laughs> I do. It's why I've stuck around. Yeah. Uh, so, Lisa Marie, you're from Dublin originally, is that correct? Yep, that's right. Um, lived there up until about five years ago. Went and did a bit of travelling. Came to Whistler as part of it, and I have been living full time in Whistler for the last four years now. And how did you manage to pull that off? Uh, well, just decided that this was a, an amazing place to live and decided I was going to uh, give up my job and home and do this for two years as kind of a, a working holiday. And uh, once I had a year and a half in, I decided I wasn't actually ready to leave. So so you stayed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happy days, happy days. Now, we're going to talk to you about how you get into mountain biking and stuff like that uh, a wee mm-hmm. bit later, but just initially... Were you there this year for Crankworks? I was. Uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant week and a half. Unfortunately, I missed Joyride, uh, which is obviously the highlight of the week, as my mm. friends had uh, scheduled their wedding for that very day. Uh, oh. We did all watch it in the morning, uh, huddled around a laptop there, because we were all whistlerites that were at the wedding. <laughs> um, but I, I got to be part of the rest of it great atmosphere in the village you know standing at the base watching some of the riders come down chatting to kind of various friends who are participating in events and i think i've seen most of the events in previous years as well mm-hmm, cool and I've, I've spoke to a couple of people that have been there and they, they say that the pros are quite accessible that you can actually you know you can actually go over to them and speak to them and stuff and they're very friendly would that be right have you experienced anything like that 
Not myself, um, but I know from friends of friends um, that they they have spoken with them, you know, kind of chatted to them about what they're how they're feeling about an upcoming race and so on. There's a lot of mingling at the base. Uh, there's a couple of tents there where you know you would see kind of pros going inside and out and that. Um, so they're they're right there, right in front of you. <laughs> wow, it's pretty awesome, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an amazing place to be when that's going on the whole village comes alive you know pretty much everybody i know would go out to the base of the mountain for kind of the big events like joyride and it just really says a lot about the the popularity of biking around here to see that many people all together in one place mm-hmm. pretty awesome pretty awesome so it's an awesome place to be for mountain biking obviously probably the capital of the world you would think really for mountain biking um, but tell us the story about how you got interested in mountain biking. And were you mountain biking before you went to Whistler, or was that something that just no. happened when you got there? <laughs> uh, I uh, did a little bit of road biking. I um, think I did try uh, mountain biking once in France, and I went over the handlebars and was oh. determined never to try it again. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, huh. and then like my second summer here, um, some of the girls that I was friends with persuaded me to come out with them told me that they would kind of you know show me what to do and i did a, a small little ride with them and then and they told they, me about these had they mm-hmm. been sorry had they been riding long before that or no bits and pieces right. um kind of boyfriends husbands uh, were into mm-hmm. biking so they were just kind of doing some very gentle trails themselves um so this so they weren't kind of much further advanced um, and then we started to go to a Monday night ride event that's organized by a local association where they actually um, provide volunteer kind of coaches in a way um, who would bring you in groups according to your ability. Uh, and that's when we really started. Um, so I was a little bit behind the other girls, but you kind of catch up quite quickly when you're in a, a guided group. Um, and after I think this, yeah, I think definitely after the first proper ride, I th- for the first hour, I was freaking out. My heart was racing, convinced I was going to die. And then towards the end, when I kind of finished it, I was like, oh, OK, I can I think I could do this. I think this could be fun. So I just started mm-hmm. to get into it a lot more then. Yeah. And, and do you think that was from the encouragement of your friends? Um or the guys guiding the course, um, or, or being in that group environment, do you think that all helped and, 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 you know, give you the confidence to want to continue? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when your friends are doing it, then it becomes part of your your social life and how you actually connect with them. Um, having the guided groups obviously helps you get up to speed a lot quicker and feel more confident and comfortable on a bike and what you're actually doing. And because they're actually helping you and encouraging you and coaxing you through things that maybe you wouldn't otherwise do, you get that sense of achievement a lot quicker and you feel like you're progressing. So you've got some uh, immediate feedback that's like, okay, now I actually want to go back out and practice. Or, you know, they gave me these five tips and it was too much to absorb it at the time. Mm -hmm. But each time I go ride, I'll think of one particular tip and I'll practice on that and you see a difference. Uh, so it becomes a little bit addictive then at that stage, as with a lot of other sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. So how long have you been mountain biking for now? So this would be my third summer where I've kind of been biking. Right. Um, the first summer, just kind of properly getting into it, getting used to the trails and getting used to being on a bike. Last summer, um, kind of moving up a bit, but a couple of injuries. And then this summer, thankfully, I've been able to actually get out there properly and enjoy myself. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and over the summer and stuff, how many times would you try and get out in the bike per week? It depends on what other sports I'm doing, because obviously it's quite active around here, but probably at least three to four times a week when it's the height of the summer, because, you know, when it's the late evenings, you can go straight from work. I've got literally a three-minute bike ride from my work to the one of the local trail networks. So okay. it's really accessible to go straight from work, and you'd go out for two hours and, you know, do a couple of rides and then end up back in Worcester Village so you can go and have a beer afterwards, which is, you know, a nice way to have an evening after work. Yeah, awesome. Sounds, sounds fantastic. So tell us a wee bit about Whistler Village um, and the whole scene there uh, over the summer when the mountain biking's all happening. What's that whole scene like in Whistler Village like? Is there loads of stores, loads of, you know, product available? Stuff like oh, that. absolutely. Yeah, biking is, uh, yeah, it's the number one sport around here. Um, so, you know, we're more famously known for the snow, but all of the uh, the winter rental and equipment stores uh, would transition over come kind of after Easter and start to get all the mountain biking equipment in. Uh, there is like half of the stores would have bikes outside for rentals, for visitors. Uh, pretty much most stores you go into of a retail kind of type that are outdoor activities will have biking equipment. You wander through the village and, you know, every second person has either got the bike gear on or is walking through with their bike so it's you're pretty much surrounded by it all the time here yeah and is there plenty of uh stuff on offer for ladies you know as far as equipment goes and gear and clothing is, is there lots of choice and, and different stuff you can choose from yeah absolutely it's actually surprising it's about half and half you go in oh, and there's very yeah. clearly there's a male and there's a female section really good selection for women uh, and then obviously you kind of have your generic equipment that's the unisex and not relevant a uh, really good range of bikes for women so it's, it's very accessible for women here and it's actually quite popular for women to mount a bike and um, like majority of the women that i would know would actually be into biking in some form um, so it's definitely not a, a male-specific sport around here. Wow, that's awesome. So you're obviously seeing lots of ladies up on the mountain yeah. as well yeah. as men. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And what about kids? Would there be lots of kids up there too? Oh, yeah, the kids are amazing. They whip past you. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of scary when you see the little, little ones go past yeah. and they're, you know, they're doing a, a technical downhill or kind of a higher bridge that you're a little bit wary to do. And then there's, you know, an eight-year-old whizzing past with absolutely no fear. Um, but they start them from a young age. They have summer camps for kids. So the majority of local kids will go to those biking summer camps uh, where they're, you know, three or four days a week. They're out with coaches and instructors. So by the time they get to 10 or 11, uh, they are, wow. <laughs> you know, they're pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. No, that would be pretty humbling, I would say. Mm, yeah, yeah. It def- <laughs> definitely puts you in your place, all right. But I, I think we're used to that from uh, the natural skiers as well in the winter. So you, mm-hmm. you could spot the local kids a mile away, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So as far as ladies get involved in the sport, um, because we find here in, in Ireland and in the UK that it's quite male-dominated. So what would you, as far as advice goes, give to ladies wanting to tr- to get involved in the sport um, or what do you think is the biggest kind of thing stopping them getting involved in the sport? I think 
for women, it can be a bit intimidating if they don't know other women who get involved. Um, I know for myself in Ireland, I had male friends who did actually do mountain biking in the Dublin mountains, and it never once occurred to me to actually join them. Mm-hmm. Um, you tend to do, tend to think of it as a male thing, whereas coming here, where it's just a natural thing that women do it as well, you're like, oh, okay, well, I feel like I'm going to give it a go then. Um, it definitely helps to have other women involved that you can go out with and will take you out uh, where you feel like you actually, you know, that you feel that you've got a bit of a role model uh, who can bring you out. And it's also, it gets really important from the social side of it. When I go out biking with the girls, you know, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll do a couple of sections and then you know we might stop and have a chat for a couple of minutes and that's perfectly fine because we actually enjoy this as a way kind of of catching up and then we'll chat for a few minutes catch up on our day and then we'll go and do the next couple of sections and take a break so you actually kind of see it as a way of socializing with your friends whilst also getting out being active and learning a new sport yeah no that, that's an awesome way to look at it you're getting a bit of exercise as well while you're doing it yeah so. yeah yeah, fantastic. So back to Whistler then, what would your favourite trail be in Whistler? So it very much varies, ugh, <laughs> varies <laughs> depending on my mood. Um, did a lovely one on Sunday where it was just kind of chilled and flowy and going through the wooded trees with the leaves on the grounds. That was wonderful. Um, probably if I had to pick one, that was uh, an overall. Right now, it's uh, one called 27 Switchbacks because it's one that I had a bad fall on last year and was injured uh, for actually quite a while afterwards. And then this year, I've managed to master it and I can do all the technical tight turns in one go and smooth and feel like I've actually, you know, that the bike is going where I want it to go. So it's kind of a, a demonstration of my progression and my ability to kind of overcome my uh, my fear of kind of getting back on the bike after yeah. <laughs> hurting myself before. Yeah, and and how did the injury affect you mentally? Did it did it put you off a wee bit, or did it encourage you to get back up and and as you say, kind of master that that run again? Mm. Um, didn't encourage me to stop riding, but definitely made me a lot more cautious. Um, it kind of happened towards the end of the season, and then impacted kind of going into the the winter season where I couldn't enjoy the first month or two of snowboarding as much as I could. So for the first month or two, kind of at the spring, summer, I was quite a cautious rider. And then as I I started to kind of progress and see this more as a rider, I need to get back to where I wanted to be before. Um, And just kind of practicing doing those tight turns and getting more control of myself and my my body positioning so that when I went back to doing trails like that, I was in a stronger position to control myself. And I, I knew the mistake I'd made, so I just had to practice on a <laughs> better positioning of myself. Mm-hmm. And what was the injury you had, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I just kind of had a bad fall on my, my hip, um, and it just kind of generally kind of caused uh, some inflammation there and it took quite a lot of physio and I lost a lot of strength in it because I couldn't actually do activities for a while so it's one of those things wasn't a high level injury but it kind of lingers on for about three or four months afterwards yeah not a nice place to injure no way yeah yeah so yeah I I was walking like I was 80 years old for a while there but all good (laughs) to back normal now (laughs) good stuff and tell me just Chanty because nobody ever speaks about it, but do they ride the Blackcomb side of Whistler as well? Yes. So 
the Whistler Mountain has the bike park trails. Mm-hmm. Um, on Blackcomb, there are actually some cross-country trails right. um, that aren't managed by the resort. They're actually managed by kind of the local association. Um, so there's some kind of cross-country. Um, so it very much depends on where you're going, depending on what kind of aspect of biking you're into. I would predominantly do cross-country. The Blackcomb side are tougher technical black trails and mm-hmm. tend to be at a higher level. Um, but the other mountains, kind of all the way around the valley, then there's a lot more kind of uh, intermediate trails and um, kind of going through various parks or edges of the mountains. And um, so there's about five or six different trail networks mm-hmm. on both sides of the valley on a number of different mountains. Oh, well, that's good. And uh, are the two peaks linked with the gondola the way they are in the winter season? Yes, but for sightsee only. Right, so you're not allowed to take your bike on that gondola. So. No, no. So well, you can on the Whistler side. So if they're going into the like the lift access bike park, uh, they actually you can bring the bike all the way up to the top on the gondola, and then there's a run called Top of the World, which goes from the peak of Whistler. So you actually bring it up on a chairlift up to the peak, mm-hmm. and then um, there's runs that connect from the peak of Whistler all the way back down to the village, which is one of those iconic runs and yeah whenever you see one of the pictures of people top of a mountain big peak in a background it typically tends to be top of the world yeah very good and as far as lift prices go um, i'm sure you buy a, a season pass as such um, but do you know how much they are per day or session or whatever way it works and um, so i'm trying to think i think it was about maybe 70 dollars a day for a lift ticket um, it's a bad eight hundred dollars for a season pass so eight hundred dollars is probably about i'm trying to think in euros probably about 500 euros so mm-hmm. it's not cheap um, again that's just for the downhill specific there are tons of free accessible trails and you can kind of climb under your own stead and kind of get to uh, <laughs> some pretty amazing spots mm-hmm. um, and some world-class trails as well without even having to pay for it. Um, and they actually opened up the first Alpine cross-country trail this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes right up into the Alpine. It's a climb, which I believe from some friends who've done it of about three to four hours. Oh, um, and then there's about a, a 20k <laughs> run down. Haven't done it yet myself. I need to work up to that. <laughs> um, so there's actually an option that if you want a similar experience without the money and you're willing to put in the legwork, then you can do it yourself. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So you can uh, burn it to earn it kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you <laughs> earn your turns there. <laughs> <laughs> so have you travelled outside of Canada or even just outside of Whistler and tried any of the other resorts? Not outside of Canada. Um, I mostly stay in Whistler because there's so much variety. Mm. Uh, there is another town about 40 minutes south called Squamish that also has some world-class trails. Uh kind of a flowier slightly different experience so that's good to try um and i did go to um the silver star resort which is um it's a mountain resort about four hours away that does skiing in the winter and it does um it's got a bike park in the summer so i did actually try that for the first time this year which was yeah really interesting to kind of get up in the alpine in a different environment and uh, try out their trials there yeah yeah i've seen footage of squamish and it looks amazing Mm, yeah yeah so saying it's a little bit more open in whistler you tend to be in the trees it's a lot of um, kind of rocks and a lot of roots and so on mm. where squamish it's kind of yeah it's 
curves in and out and you kind of it's not as uh not as hidden it's a little bit more accessible actually i think yeah. it's a little bit more obvious where the trails are all right cool cool so let's get on to your gear and what you're riding at the minute so what bike are you riding at the minute i have a pivot mac 5.7 the carbon version so it's nice and light for me to carry up my uh, my 60 steps to my house <laughs> uh, and did you test that bike out or anything or what made you go for that was it reviews or you know what why did you choose that bike yeah so i actually bought it second hand mm. i uh, i initially started just on a, a hotel and i knew i needed to kind of step up and get a full suspension i demoed a few bikes in different shops and there's a few that i liked and then a, a friend of a friend mentioned um, that they were going to sell their bike. It was, uh, had a look at the specs. It was pretty high end. Some friends who really know their stuff was like, yeah, this is a good bike. So, uh, she let me take it for a test ride along some of the trails. And I, mm. I just remember on one of the trails kind of coming back down, there was one section that I always found a difficult kind of tight turn down. And I was like, okay, waiting for the tough bit, waiting for the tough fish. And all of a sudden, I'm halfway down. It's like, well, where is the tough fish? It's like, oh, I did it. No problem. It's like, okay, this is the bike for me. You know, mm. This is, I feel, I'm in control. It's the right fish. It's maneuverable. It's light enough that I can kind of lift my wheels up and over, yet sturdy enough that I feel I can actually get over things. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think just that one, I think it's about like a 40-minute ride, test ride that I took it on. I was like, yep, this is it. Brilliant. And before that, then, were, had you purchased another bike before that, or what were you riding before that full suspension? Uh, yeah, it was a specialised hardtail. Uh, just bought it off Craigslist, a uh, girl who had been going on holidays. Um, <laughs> so and she bought it and she was, was leaving. So I just kind of it was my initial introductory, hey, I think I'm just going to go and do some cruisy green runs kind of thing. And then once I got into it and started to do some more technical things, I realized I needed a little bit more. And having tried a few friends' bikes and noticed the difference, I realized I definitely needed something else. Yeah, awesome. That's that's brilliant. And you found a, a massive difference between the hard tail and the full suspension. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely couldn't go back to it now. I, I think I, about three months later, I tried my old bike. I was like, whoa. I, it's, complete, it's shocking. I can't believe I stuck with it for so long. So it's now relegated to when I just want to, you know, cycle in and out to work briefly or I'm just kind of want to cycle down to the lake. Because, you know, with the more expensive bikes, you've got to be careful about not leaving them outside for too long because, unfortunately, there's a bit of a, a theft issue with so many high-end bikes. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh, okay, so besides your bike then, what would you say is your favourite piece of kit? Or what would you advise somebody mm-hmm. getting or trying? Or? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. Right now, because of a bit of a, a, a fall in the Silver Star bike park, I'm loving my elbow pads. <laughs> I learned yeah. the hard way to uh, protect your body <laughs> because, uh, yeah, clothing and apparel can be replaced. But uh, <laughs> when yeah. you break the skin, it takes a little bit longer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And do you use clipless or flat pedals? Flat pedals, yeah. You're in flat. Yeah. yeah, definitely not ready yet to be clipped in there. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because you see loads of people wearing knee pads, but you mm-hmm. you know you don't see that many people wearing elbow pads. But I know when I've had any kind of 
falls or, or small wee falls, but it's been the elbows that have taken it more so than the knees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have elbow pads and I still haven't got elbow pads. <laughs> I would highly uh, recommend it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I've worn knee pads for the last year and a half, more just to kind of prevent what we call Whistler legs, which is all the women in Whistler when you go around in your shorts in the summer and your legs are covered in bruises because you're out spiking all the time. <laughs> um, elbow pads I kept avoiding, yet, you know, it's kind of falling, you'd get a little bit of a scratch. But I think, yeah, once you've had a, a big fall, you realise the uh, the benefit to it. And you can get the uh, the really thin ones um, that mm-hmm. kind of are mouldable, but will actually harden upon impact. So they don't yeah, actually right. impair your ability to manoeuvre your arms, but they'll offer you obviously a higher degree of protection um, mm. especially because you know Canada in the middle of summer is pretty hot so we might be going out and it might be 35 degrees so you don't want to be wearing a heavy long sleeve top necessarily you want to kind of have a little bit more breathability mm-hmm. yeah no it's good and it's funny because my fiance came off the bike um, a few weeks ago and banged her knee quite badly um, and has only been on the bike a couple of times since. So she's looking at knee pads and she was saying to me, she was kind of shouting across the room, you can get ones that kind of harden an impact. And I was like, mm-hmm. wise up, wise up. Like, what are you reading? Wise up. No, no, you know? they're all over but, the place yeah. and they're really popular here. I, yeah, they, especially for somebody who's not used to wearing them and if it's going to be warm in any way, they actually make a big difference. Um, I mean, if you're doing, you know, a double black downhill, obviously you need a little bit more protection. But if you're mm. just... Kind of, you know, doing some gentler trails, um, it makes a big difference. And, yeah, it's, you know, it means that you can be a little bit more confident and not as concerned if you have a little bit of a knock when you come off. Mm-hmm, certainly. And do you use a full face helmet or just the cap helmet type? I'd use a full face if I'm gonna, going to do downhill. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, just kind of a normal bike helmet. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm sure it's, I'm sure the full face helmet is super warm in the summer there. Oh, it, it's intense. And it's also when you're not used to it on a regular basis, you feel severely inhibited. You don't have your peripheral vision to the same way. You just kind of, yeah, you feel very claustrophobic at times. I mean, you do get used to it the more often you wear it. But it's definitely mm. nice to have a little bit more freedom, a little more of a cooler space in your head. Yeah, definitely. No, cool, cool. All right, Lisa, it's been absolutely awesome having you on the show. Now, I just want to ask you before you run off to work there, um, what do you enjoy so much about mountain biking? You know, if you could if you could say in one sentence why you ride, what would that be? So, for me, I just love the freedom of being out there, kind of in nature, under my own steam, kind of where you've, you know, you've had a bit of a, a pedal up and you feel like you've actually... You know, you've kind of been out there, you've pushed yourself. And I, I just love the fact that you can kind of, you can improve and you can work at the sport and you can actually mm. see immediate differences. Um, and it's just, you know, it's an enjoyable way to spend a, a Saturday afternoon with your friends outdoors, top of a mountain. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a fun thing to do. <laughs> yeah, well summed up. No, that, that sounds awesome. And Wessler sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. Anyone else who's listening who's thinking about coming, you should definitely do it. Yeah, okay. It's on my bucket list, um, but there's a lot of things on my bucket list, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I travelled around a couple of places, and this is the place I came back to. So if you... 
Yeah, I mean, as I said, it's got such a variety of trails and biking options. So if you if you want to come to the hub where there's, you know, an intense level of excitement, pretty much everyone in the vicinity is obsessed with mountain biking. It's a really good place to immerse yourself and get involved. Yeah, awesome. And would you say the trails would get really busy there or is it still not too bad? Um, it depends. Uh, definitely the downhill bike park trails at the height of summer and on the weekends would get intensely busy. Um, again, if you kind of know the trails, you can veer off. They do restrict mm-hmm. the numbers that can actually go on the, the top of the world uh, trail. Uh, to, I think it's about 200 per day. So you, if you get a ticket oh, really? for that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's a good option. Um, and again, if you're willing to go on your own steam, then there's a, a wider selection and that tends to be a lot more spread out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. It sounds very awesome. And you sound like you're having a great time there. So brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got about a week left, I think, of uh, <laughs> enjoying the bike trails before we transition. So, uh, yeah, hopefully make the most of it. Well, it's not bad going from mountain biking to snowboarding. That's kind of like a, it's a, a tough scenario. life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Lisa Marie. I really, really enjoyed having you on here. And um, I, I know this is the second time we've done this uh, due to my my fault. So thank you very much for coming <laughs> on again. It's been brilliant. No problem. Nice to chat, Gareth. All right. Thank you. Have a great day, Lisa. Thanks. Bye. All the best. Bye-bye. That's episode 12, done and dusted, folks. I hope you really enjoyed that. And thank you very much, Lisa Marie, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I think it was a really good interview. I really enjoyed listening to the insights behind Whistler and all. I really appreciate you coming on. So thank you very much. Um, so, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, it was another Why I Ride episode, but I, I really enjoy them ones because it gets inside just the, you know, the normal person mountain biking. So, to me, it's as exciting as introducing or interviewing some of the big guys. So, so um, I hope you enjoyed it. And please, if you did, get onto iTunes, get onto Stitcher. You can download them from there. Please rate and share the show. It really helps us get noticed in their platforms. Um, you can also go to the mtb-tribe.com website and download or listen directly from there. It's all free and uh, the website's quite good there you can subscribe, you can get some more info um, some insider scoops just uh, if you subscribe and uh, leave us your email address but other than that you can follow us on socials um, Instagram and MTB Tribe Facebook, MTB Tribe so please get involved and uh, let your voice be heard and thank you once again for listening to the show I really appreciate it so until next week, enjoy yourself I hope you get out in the trails, take care <laughs>